0: I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Ladies and gentlemen, from the far reaches of Kalamazoo, weighing in at 231 pounds, Please give it up for your weirdo hero, your undisputed hunk of punk, the one, the only, ravenous Randy Myers! How was that?
1: I loved, how could I not love that? <laughs> how could I not love everything about that?
0: Oh, uh, I've been really excited to do that. Kind of a little nervous as well.
1: Oh yeah, I wouldn't have went off without a hiccup.
0: Great, yeah. And they don't even need to know that that was our sixth take. Oh yeah, no, for, for yeah, sure. No, for, yeah, for sure.
1: I made you play it six different times though, because I loved it that much.
0: Yeah, it was like you're my first guest to uh, come in with a contract and say, "Look, the host needs to do this announcer voice." 100. percent Yep. I had to learn like right before it started.
1: Yeah, I made you to learn my rhyme scheme. I made you. Yeah, it's what I do.
0: So anyway, we're we're here on uh, Van X Van. I'm Doug Um talking to the the man, the myth, the legend, the Ravenous Randy Myers. Ooh,
1: that's I've got to live up to that now.
0: Uh, I think I think you live up to it just fine. Oh shucks! One of the more high-profile guests I've had in here, I think. Oh wow! Why don't you tell us a little bit about Ravenous Randy?
1: Oh okay, for sure. Um, I'm a professional wrestler, and I have been for the last 19 years of my existence, which is more than half of my life. So I started in Calgary originally, uh, trained with the Hearts in the Heart Family Dungeon, and yeah, and then I moved out here to Vancouver eight years ago once I had. Decided I'd fought all the guys that had spandex pants in Alberta, so I was ready for a change. And I moved to BC eight years ago to continue putting on my spandex and slapping around whoever was interested in coming in there and consensually being slapped around by me.
0: Cool. You, you said the hearts is that yes. the, the Hitman? Heart? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So you you know the the Hitman himself?
1: I've met uh, Brett on a couple different occasions. Yeah, that's very cool. He's very intimidating. What's but he like? He's very cool. He's uh. I've I've realized that a lot of wrestlers are very much, pretty much what they're putting out there, and you can kind of tell if they're being insincere with the character that they're portraying. So like Brett has this kind of like suave, quiet, cool that he portrays on TV, and it's the same in person. And he's a hell of a storyteller too. So like everyone always kind of like a couple of times I've been fortunate enough to be around him is like everyone gathers around him and he just kind of spouts off these great stories of his time on the road. And yeah, he's awesome.
0: That's very cool. So do you, do you think that w- with people like that, the character uh, comes out from their personality or... Playing the character, then blades back into it.
1: Oh, that's, yeah. Is it is it life imitating art or art imitating life? I think, I've, from my own experience, it's kind of a little bit of both. Like, you kind of put what you want to put out into the zeitgeist, decide on kind of the character, like, the attributes that you see as kind of thing you want things you want to aspire to be or things that you would like to see in a performer, and then you put that out there, and then you kind of try and live up to those expectations in a way, if that makes sense. And yeah. then, so... Yeah, it's a combination of both. I'd say some it has to come from inside though. Like if you're trying to be something completely foreign to you and it goes against like your morals or like your DNA, it's not going to work.
0: So, so your uh in the ring character, the weirdo hero, mm-hmm. Ravenous Randy, how did how did that come to be?
1: It's basically been an evolution of a character over the years. Um, so like I've had the name Ravenous Randy since I was backyard wrestling when I was 17 years old. Um, so it's always been my name. and it's kind of always been a big name that I've tried to kind of like live up to. And it's just kind of morphed over the years. Like I came in and I just had a lot of energy for my first couple matches and was this hyper, hyper kid. And then from there, I kind of started to show like my like punk rock roots a little bit more. Like that's kind of the music I was into growing up. I went to a lot of punk rock shows and had friends within that kind of community. So I started to like show that more in the ring. And then for that's where like the punk kind of thing came on. And then it just kind of evolved and evolved and evolved more from there. I wanted to show, be a little bit more true, just be a little bit more transparent with who I really was as a person and bleed that into my character. And the kind of more I've been honest with who I really am to the fans, it's kind of a, it's just evolved my character that much. So that's what I would say. I would say it was like, I kind of had a, when I was like 17 years old, wanting to get into professional wrestling, there was this kind of a dream of a character I wanted to be or a character I wanted to see. And then I've kind of inched my way to it over the years.
0: Cool. And Are you at a place now where you feel that the character has really come into its own?
1: Yeah, I feel that it's like every incarnation of it has been like different and kind of breathe new life into it. I I get bored very easily. So it's kind of, I I can kind of feel when it's time for me to evolve as a character. And what I mean by that is like add on. I try to not like take things away. So like, like let's say I made like a rad vanilla cake and I'm like, this vanilla cake's really rad, but it's kind of, a vanilla cake. So I'm like then I'll be like, oh need some sprinkles. So then I'll like make some sprinkles and I'll add that to the pre existing vanilla cake. And now it's a vanilla cake with sprinkles. And then I'll like make some rad icing and then I'll put that on it. And now it's a vanilla cake with sprinkles and icing. So it's kind of I try and layer on top of the character to some add some depth to it.
0: Is that mostly through Storytelling through the medium cool.
1: yeah, I'd say so for the most part, like for a long time, I was just happy go lucky character, like really like an excited little puppy, and then I did a th- I did a storyline where like one of my best friends turned his back on me and this uh, group that I had formed kind of disbanded because of like dissension and stuff like that. so then that kind of left me in a place where I wasn't this happy puppy anymore. I was kind of heartbroken, and then I kind of like got angry from there and kind of like showed my like zany or crazier side or like not zany i guess is the wrong word but more like aggressive um rather than always being like goofy crazy energy it became more of a dark crazy energy like seeking revenge yeah yeah
0: oh, the classic revenge ox
1: exactly and then from there like yeah just added more and more and i had one i went through a point in my life where i was going through like some pretty hard like depression and stuff like that yeah so i came and i thought that was something I'd never really seen in wrestling. The characters are always like superheroes with like no kryptonite, basically. You know what I mean? Like, so I wanted to go out there and show like some, tell a real story within the ring with it from my character's perspective. So I did take a step away from the ring. This was a couple of years ago now, but I had to take some time away and I went into the ring and I told my truest story just to kind of. Connect with other people out there that maybe are hurting, and to not to show a chink, like to show like a hole in my armor. You know what I mean? To yeah. show that I'm not, trying to portray uh, somebody who's like flawless.
0: That's really interesting. When you said that uh, that these wrestling characters, these superheroes, not having kryptonite, I was racking my brain trying to think of one. Mm, yeah. And. And I can't really, other than, like, weaknesses like barbed wire or...
1: Totally, yeah, getting smacked around or whatever. But they'll always come back from that, you know what I mean? We've seen characters die in the ring, like, be killed in the WWE ring, and show up the next night on television. Like, I remember one example of a guy being hung from the cage, and, like, got brought up, and was, like, by a noose by his head at WrestleMania. And the next night on Raw, he just walked out, like, no big, you know, whatever. Another day on the job.
0: So it wasn't like worked into the canon?
1: No, 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 all. no, 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 They were just like, he died yesterday, but he's alive today.
0: Do you adhere to a strict canon with the weirdo hero?
1: Yeah, I try my best to, yeah. Like um, I did a thing where I, I eventually, I, I did a thing where I had turned bad for a while and I did the betrayal thing and turned my back on my best friend. And now that I'm back to the good side, I um, and I'm supposed to have a match with him coming up, uh, I have to earn his respect back. It's not just, he's not just going to team with me after I've turned my back on him. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've got to work my way back into his good books.
0: Who are the big heels in the ECCW?
1: ECCW? Okay. It's always like fluctuating. We like depends what you're looking for. Like Tony Baroni is uh, your, kind of your classic, greasy uh, kind of heel. So he's the guy that's more likely going to like steal your drink at the bar than he's going to necessarily punch you out or something like that. Um, who else have we got? So he's a little bit more, yeah, like you kind of love to hate him. Um, right now, like my biggest foe again, I don't know why I trust these people. You know, again, yeah. my friend turned their back on me. It's like, I you think I'd learn, but Nicole Matthews is right now a thorn in my side. And she's the one who I'm taking on September. I'm going to say the wrong date. 12th. That sounds like a date. Um, September 12th at the Anvil Center for ECCW. And I'd say that she's like, Pound for pound, a force to be reckoned with. One of the best technical wrestlers I've ever seen and is going to give me a hell of a match. So I'd say she's one of the baddest mofos we got going.
0: Uh, so back to what we were talking about just before with you having the weakness, having the crib tonight. You have that film uh, you made, The Weirdo Hero? Yes, indeed. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: For sure. That actually came off of that a speech I did in the ring. So I just gone out there. The ECCW had been really like generous enough to give me the like five minutes to say whatever I wanted to in the microphone. And it was like, nobody came to that show to hear a sad guy come out and talk about being depressed. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate them giving me that opportunity. And from there, I had such a positive outreach from people that were like also suffering from depression or from other mental illnesses. Um, and somebody came up to me and said, this is, this is interesting. I'd like to work with you and maybe make a movie or maybe tell this story. So another wrestler came up to me, his name is uh mr two or Derek Hurd, And he, um, and he p- pitched the idea of making it into a movie. So from there we found ourselves a director who was also on board and also, um, understood like depression and stuff like that. And had some family members and himself had suffered from some, so he was willing to like back this project. And then we originally were trying to get it funded by one of like the, one of those online kind of things where you send your video clip in and you hope that they'll sponsor it. And eventually we, that didn't fly. So we went through Indiegogo and got enough money to fund it and yeah, made the movie and it was a movie about basically a wrestler who made it to the top. His whole dream was to become the champion. Finally, he becomes the champion and he wakes up the next day still feeling sad And not having, not feeling like the star that he would after becoming the champion. He thought that all of his woes and all of his everyday life problems would disappear once he had a shiny piece of gold around his waist. And once that happened, he was still feeling depressed. So it's the story of, yeah, kind of the story of how entertainers, maybe when we're on the stage, it's, and we are loving life and it's exciting and stuff like that. But then you go back to, you're kind of the the normal life or like your standard day-to-day life and how that can kind of be jarring.
0: Revolver is the new weekly show on the Cave Goblin Network, exclusive to Patreon backers of just $1 or more. Each series lasts for a maximum of 12 episodes, then switches hosts and premises. Series two is Tabletop Tales, hosted by me, Jesse Boros, where I interview people about memorable stories from their tabletop gaming sessions. You're the adventures at patreon.com slash cave goblins i remember reading in an interview with you i think you fought at the ballroom you had food poisoning or something from some yogurt yeah totally yeah the same sort of thing where you're you're basically high off the off the performance for sure on stage what was the aftermath of that
1: uh it was like a couple of days of bed rest um like as, as soon as the adrenaline was gone i felt like I felt like death. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm okay. And then no, it was like right back. I was in bed for like the next two days, like this classic food poisoning, like really hot, really cold, uh, couldn't keep anything down. It was terrible. It was, it was terrible for sure. But it was, it's remarkable what, like I said, like in that article that what adrenaline can do, like it's a hell of a drug. You know what I mean? You're got your friends with your, got your back. You've got people cheering you on. I've heard other performers say that they've never been sick on stage. They've been sick backstage, but they've never been sick on stage. Yeah, and because it's just a euphoria, kind of.
0: I just can't imagine. Like, I couldn't imagine even just going and doing some improv or something, feeling sick. But oh yeah, I know. Actually, wrestling. Like, I, I had a, I had food poisoning earlier in the year. I could barely stand up.
1: Oh yeah, and it's brutal.
0: Like, and you managed to drag your way to that.
1: Well, yeah, but I think again, I think it was the adrenaline. Like, I've done. I've done my uh, like uh, some improv myself and I don't know whether I could do an improv show because like standing on there like sidelines there where you're waiting to go in and trying to be like just using that instinct to know when to go in I'd always be like I don't want to go in I'm going to puke like I feel like death I'd like where I didn't have time to like have second guess myself or I don't know about you but I second guess the shit out of myself when I do an improv like I'm. Overthinking things. I mean, and... I'm only
0: a, I'm only level two, so okay. Well, still. I haven't had too much time to second guess myself. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I know. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's doing. I think the adrenaline was what got me through.
0: Oh yeah, we were talking about Weirdo Hero. Okay, yeah. So there's the mini series as well. Is that the same as the film?
1: Yeah, that would be. We originally had made it into like, and we showed it, did a screening at the Rio, and then we broke it down into a mini series, and uh, we tried to sell it around a bit, but then we realized that like. I was kind of pushy and I really wanted it to be on YouTube as right. much as like they were hoping to make money off it. You just want
0: people to see it. I just
1: wanted people to see it. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I know we had like investors that maybe we had to pay back and stuff like that, but I just thought like if, if, if this is the cheesiest thing maybe ever said on this podcast or ever said by me, but like if it could help one person, yeah, you know what I mean? Then that's all I was looking for. And it's got flaws. Like it's definitely not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's, I think, got heart as well, and I think I've heard from multiple people that it's even helped them pass the time at the very least.
0: Yeah, if you're listening now and you want to see that, you can just find that on YouTube. For sure,
1: yeah, look up The Weirdo Hero.
0: Great. Uh, So, who were some of your wrestling idols growing up?
1: Number one is uh, Mick Foley, Mankind.
0: Oh, Cactus Jack. Yeah,
1: Cactus Jack, Dude Love, yeah, whatever you want to call him. He's the He's incredible. Um, I was like super inspired by seeing this person who didn't look like he to be had flaws. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did wasn't going out there being like just muscle bound and like looking like a Greek God or anything like that. He looked like a human being. And when he took the falls that he took, it took all the damage that he took to his body. It was like, it just seemed more, I could connect to it. I could connect to this person who seemed a little, uh, he told stories about being bullied when he was in high school and stuff like that. And it, I could relate to this person. I could feel true sympathy for this person rather than a lot of the other wrestlers came across as like the people who teased me in high school. Right. You know what I mean? The jocks and stuff like that. And I definitely was never a jock growing up. So like they were the ones who, yeah, gave me a hard time. So seeing this person who felt like I could connect to them and felt like a bit of a weirdo and I like had an unintentional punk rock edge to him that like, I don't think he like, he puts like write on his, like on his shirts with a jiffy marker and come to the ring yeah. and like had a studded leather mask, like wearing a studded leather mask to the ring is pretty punk rock if you ask me. And I don't think that was ever like intentional, like talks about loving Tori Amos. I just found out that he hasn't had a cell phone for the last six months. So like, more, did he just lose it? And yeah, do I don't even know. Like he's just so cool. I'm like, eh. more I learn about the man, the better he is. So it was. Uh, he's always been that. When I'm having like some glum days or whatever, I can always go back and watch him winning the world title for the first time and thanking his children at home.
0: I just love that he's not afraid to bleed.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: For those that don't know, he he'd be still using thumbtacks and barbed wire. Yeah. in the WWE, in the WWF. Yeah. I just recently got a hold of the best of the attitude era. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, been meaning to watch that.
1: It's great. Yeah. You no, know, he's like, he's got one ear. He's got a year, year and a half from like, he lost his ear in like a wrestling match in Germany, I believe. Yeah. Cool. So I mean like he's badass, but he's also does like lots of great stuff for different charities and stuff like that. He's a man who has like a really great heart and is always willing to like give out and be there for people. And that's, yeah, and you could just tell that, like, sincerity. And that comes across in his performances.
0: Have you ever had the opportunity to work with him?
1: Yeah, I have on a couple of occasions, actually. One time, he was my special guest enforcer for a wrestling match that I had in Edmonton. And... Yeah, um, like I say, he was everything I wanted him to be and more. They say, like, don't meet your heroes. And I just say, make sure your hero's Mick Foley and then meet him all the time because he's the best. Uh, So, yeah, and then he came around Vancouver for a spoken word tour. And I got to be, like, his chauffeur and actually got to, like, perform with him a couple of, uh, like, little comedy bits on stage. And it was, like, beyond a dream come true. And, yeah, awesome dude.
0: That's amazing. Cool, so uh, I guess I'm one degree of separation closer to uh, Mick Foley now. 100%
1: you are, yeah.
0: Uh, This is kind of way on the uh, other side, but I read that you're a Rocko's Modern Life fan. Of what? Rocco's Modern Life. Oh yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Have you seen the new film? That just I haven't came out?
1: seen it. It was on what debuted on Netflix. Like yeah, um, like last weekend or I, something. I don't. I don't have Netflix right now. I right. Get, but I gave it up. But I have to. Like that's a must. I watched so, the trailer you for it like, three times. Need to find an Netflix password. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. Uh, yeah, I've. It was just was like, just weird. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Didn't feel like it was necessarily going to like that gross outline of humor that a lot of those shows did. But it still was. Just felt really bizarre and you didn't know what was going to happen and they were dealing with some adult material and stuff like that but again not necessarily crossing the line just to cross the line
0: you're inspired by a few cartoons definitely i read in that same i say i read it was a youtube interview what are some of your other inspirations from other media
1: oh other media so i love like earthworm jim i love from the super nintendo video game uh i love the tick um i'm like i said earlier i'm into like punk rock and stuff like that like a lot of a lot of my influences and energy kind of comes from music and stuff like that yeah as well as like i love horror movies and like classic cult movies like the toxic Avenger and um attack of the killer tomatoes and little shop of horrors and yeah all sorts of kind of weird wacky Stuff. Well,
0: the the name itself, Ravenous Randy Myers, mm-hmm. is a reference to some eighties horror, I believe. It
1: is. So Ravenous came from a movie that David Arquette starred in, where it was a movie about cannibalism in like the early like pioneer days. And yeah, and I'm like so I found um it went actually backwards. So it was Myers came from Michael Myers, like the from the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Because I thought Freddy, like Krueger, was too obvious. Freddy Kruger's last name's too obvious. Jason Voorhees' last name felt too obvious, but Myers felt like kind of a human last name. Yeah. And then oddly enough, then Randy came from uh, Austin Powers. Do I make you Randy? Oh, really? Yeah. And another like, Michael Myers. Yeah, another Mike Myers, which is bizarre. I didn't put that together for years and then I was like okay I got Randy Myers what goes with uh Randy and then I like look through my horror collection and I'm like Ravenous sure does and then I don't even know if I knew what it meant at the time but I'm like that sounds nice to my friends yell as I come out the back door and enter my backyard wrestling match.
0: Did you do a lot of backyard wrestling leading up to it?
1: I did, like, uh, well, I just was, like, as soon as I found wrestling, I got obsessed. Like, I wasn't a kid that was, like, I wasn't into it when I was, like, super, super young. I was fell in love with it when I was in, like, my early teens. Kind of the Attitude Era is what yep. kind of, like, drew me in. And then as soon as I got hooked, I was, like, it was, like, my first love and i just all of a sudden was everything Like i found like watched old tapes and studied stats and like got all the magazines and action figures and then soon enough yeah i was stealing lumber to set up a ring in my backyard
0: so what would your advice be to somebody in your same position who wants to get into wrestling
1: be safe and have fun i mean there's lots of great training schools for people where you can get trained like i was lucky enough to be from calgary so had like one of, if not the greatest Canadian wrestling school of all time, right there in my city. That's the hearts. Uh, the hearts, yeah. yeah. Now they've closed down, but then um, there's been other ones that have popped up. I would say find some like, find a reputable training school because you want to go in there with, you want to know what you're doing. There's been lots of guys now who have made it without necessarily who've uh, trained themselves and they've made it to big leagues, but. And that's great and I hope and I don't think any ill will upon anybody who does it that way. But for me, my style would be to train, train hard, find a reputable school. There's a great one, ECCW trains out here that's ran by uh, Artemis Spencer, Nicole Matthews and Cat Power and Billy Suede. And they are all very well-trained people themselves and they have a lot of knowledge that they can kind of pass forward. So I would definitely go and have fun. Like I mean, I see too many people get too upset right away with things. Like they get into something that they're doing the best thing because they love it, and the next thing you know, they are, are don't have any friends. They're not having any fun. They're like super in their head about stuff and taking it far too seriously. I mean, I think you need to. I think you need to take your training very seriously and be very dedicated because you're not gonna get too far unless. You, you are you've got to be dedicated you've gotta you get what you put in but I would just say you have to have fun remember what you're doing remember the fan part of you remember what you liked about wrestling
0: so do people sometimes get wrapped up in those storylines
1: yeah or like I, I didn't I haven't won in the last four shows or like you know every time I come out the fans love me and they're cheering for me, but I always have to wrestle in the third match on the show and you're like, okay well like if you have something to prove or if you want to like move yourself up, then show you your like worth and work harder. You know what I mean? Like it's not, not everything, nothing's going to necessarily be given to you and you yep. need to sometimes prove yourself.
0: What What's that saying? There's no, no small parts, just small actors. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: I think there's, and I don't think everyone knows that a lot of time people want to steal the show. And for example, that matched when I had the food poisoning, I was we were all very happy that we were on, I think, third, second or third. And that match spot had, doesn't have a lot of high pressure. Like, I mean, you still have to go out there and perform on a high caliber of entertainment, but it's not the main event, right? Yeah. So, and it was great. It was nice to know where we were. If we'd gone out there and tried to steal the show, we would have actually just messed up at our spot. Like, if you think about a background actor who's trying to get noticed... And, they're, and then they're, all, they're not in the background at all and they're standing out. They're actually not doing their job very well. You know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes you have to like, there's an old rock quote that's know your role. It's know your role and shut your mouth, the rock would say. And I just like to drop the shut your mouth part because that seems too mean. But like the knowing your role I think is important. I think we all have gifts that we can give to the world and we're all like have things like natural abilities. But if we try and like, shove a round peg in a square hole, it's not going to fit right. You know what I mean? No matter how much you bash it in there. So like I couldn't, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I would never make a great tax accountant. I could go to the school and take all the courses and stuff like that. And I could maybe, I could learn how to do it, but would I ever be flourish at it? I don't think so. So it's important to know. And that goes with where you are on the card. I know that I'm not necessarily the most serious wrestler. I know that like I bring a lot of joy and fun to my matches and there's some silliness and stuff like that. And normally the people who are the number one dude or whatever or lady or whoever person, you know what I mean, is is normally like super intense and a fighter's fighter. And you know what I mean? There's like
0: there's an element of being kind of a blank slate that can be projected onto exactly like, uh, just off the top of my head, like John Cena. Totally. He's like an everyman.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I, and that everyman's a great way to put it. I've seen lots of everyman come in, lots of everyman characters come in and just kill it because they can, the fans can just relate to them so hard. Where I don't, I could never play an everyman. That's not in my genetic makeup. I could try and it wouldn't come off realistic. Uh, or I could be who I am. You know what I mean? Well, so. You're in
0: the right city to be representing cross punks and weirdos. I agreed. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. East Fan works for me. That's why I do well at the Wise Hall. Nice. I, I know what's up.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think that's about all we've got time for now. Thanks so much for coming for sure. today. Thank you so
1: much for having me on.
0: It was super fun talking to you.
1: Oh, nice. Yes. yes.
0: Uh, um, before we wrap up, is there a... Anything you'd like to plug?
1: Oh, for sure. There's um, I'd like to plug ECCW. Um, go to their Instagram and their their Twitter accounts. I'd also like to plug Defy Wrestling down in Seattle, as well as Glam Slam Wrestling. And uh, there's a big show coming up at the Rickshaw on. October 4th. And it's gonna be it's called Horror on Hastings. So oh, it's all awesome. it's horror themed. So I'm gonna be in a like a shining style match. So there's all sorts of like every match has got a different horror theme. So
0: as we talked about, that's right
1: up my alleyway.
0: That's awesome. I'll have to make it out to that one. Yeah, please do, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to Van X Van. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Vandalay and the show at Van X Vancast. If you enjoyed the show please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandalay. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.